Welcome to Writer Syndrome, podcast about writing from start to finish. I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. This episode, we're wrapping up our interview with Jeffrey Morrison, self-published author of Undersea and its sequel, Undersea Atrophia. Jeff, is there places that you could submit excerpts, like like leaning into the genre side of things? Is there like any pub- sci-fi publications, sci-fi? Hmm. That's a good sto- question. Story I, contests. Yeah, like I don't. I don't know. Um, my one concern, because I've seen pieces of this in other in other aspects of things that I cover, some of those will have a a fee. Just mm, like, yeah. hey, you pay us to read it, and we'll give you a thing. Yeah. Um, that can be dicey if you don't know what you're going to get out of it. Uh, it could just be a scam, flat out. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be certainly wary of, of any place like that, that, that does have a fee. But I mean, if, if you, if there's a tangible benefit, if you know that you're going to get something out of it, you know, oh, we have 10 million subscribers, we'll send the book out to this. Okay, fine. Then yeah, you know, here, take my 50 bucks. Um, and and maybe, you know, for whatever marketing budget someone has, uh, maybe a part of that, you know, small part of that is gambles like that you know a gamble on hey i have a um a mailing list for books you know if you pay me 50 bucks i'll put it on the mailing list maybe that'll work you know if it's big enough maybe it won't i mean if they say they have three million i've done i've done mailing lists for you know some of my other jobs and you know if they say they have three that three million people i mean the open rate on any email is going to be about one percent and you're gonna, you're only gonna get clicks on less than that percent. So take that with a grain of salt too. But yeah, it's maybe maybe it's maybe you hit something. Um, I've noticed with like a lot of horror authors, there's the um they su- they must submit, and it's like oh winner of the I don't know H.P. Lovecraft or no what is it uh, the right. Bram Stoker Award, right? And right. that seems to go from like published authors to also self-published authors so i don't mm-hmm. i don't know what the process is there but they seem to accept both i didn't know if there was something like that on the sci-fi end of things like if there's like an asimov award or a, right i don't know uh i mean there are there are awards like that of course but i don't think any of them are for, for self-published self. people yeah i don't think you're gonna win a hugo or whatever, or, or whatever. <laughs> if you're a self-published author, I mean, who knows? I mean, wasn't Andy Weir? Wasn't the the the, the guy who wrote the Martian? Wasn't he self-published? Wasn't that a self-published book? If I remember correctly, yeah, kind of. So he started. He it was a it was like a blog he was running, and he was just he was just updating basically this this what if situation. And he had a blog. And he had a ton of people following him going oh, through okay. this. And then someone Got came it. to him and was like, I think he Turned actually published book. he published it originally self-published like 99 cents right. or something throughout there for free or maybe on his website. And then right. someone came and was like, Oh, you could turn this into a story. And then that's, I'll tell you, I mean, <laughs> this is a complete tangent, uh, I, but project Hail Mary, which is his most recent one, just read it. one of yeah. the best books I've read in my entire life. I yeah. top five. Really? Unbelievable. I, yeah, I love that book. I, I chewed through that thing uh, in like a couple days. Absolutely loved it. What was yeah. the one that we kind of cringed through, Russ? Was it like Artemis uh, or something? Artemis is that one, one was not great. Yeah, yeah. I had a hard time with <laughs> with that. There was yeah. a few. There was we talked about that during our writing as women podcast, and it was like, ah, yeah, you know there was a bit of that of like, oh, you're definitely a dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude, you know, how's that spacesuit feel on your body again? Like, yeah, we don't yeah, need yeah. We don't need any of this. <laughs> so there's none of that, thankfully, Good. in Project yeah. Hail Mary. Yeah. <laughs> 
Now, Project of the Mary was fun. I I finished it, and it's a uh, it's it's kind of similar to The Martian, right? You got yeah. the, the snarky oh, yeah, protagonist yeah. who yeah. you know gets gets to a situation. It's a fun read, um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Worth right. it. And that's that's you know I don't I don't I don't need to be heavy lifting on this stuff. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh you, you're gonna know what you're gonna get out of it if you've read any of his other books. And you're like, okay, this is right. this is fun read, and it's yeah, yeah. But, and that and that's you know that's a that's a win for me. I think I I just recently read seven eves which is a stephenson book and i'm not going to spoil anything out of it but that's dark in parts so it was like ooh, can i get something a little bit lighter and like oh yeah yeah this is this is wait this is this is the lightness that i need from that and yeah i i would i mean i'd i'd love to be able to to like write that level of it just it just cooks man that book yeah. moves and that that i i always um I know that's why I like Stephenson too, that even though he, these, his things are 800 pages long, most of them, they still move. Like you're still mm. going through like, all right, what's, yep, what's next, what's next, what's next. Um, and there's, that's something that I've, I strive for in my own writing too, is like, I want people to just, okay, oh, that happened? Well, I, I want, well, what's next, what's next? Um, and I think a lot of the books that I've liked that have become fairly popular as well have that as a, as a, a through line through the different genres, like Hunger Games yeah. had that for sure, and you know, and that's that's not a, a book that you you know shows up on literary lists or anything like that. But it was just like yeah. you finish that; it's a quick chapter, and at the end you're like, well, shit, all right, let's keep going, what's next? And it's just all right, yeah, that happened yeah. too, cool, that's, okay, keep going. You know, that's like what I'm going through right now because I'm I just got feedback from like my content you now edit, and I'm like going through this now, and and uh, she was just like, yeah, why don't you get to this faster? And like as I'm going through, I'm like, mm. yeah, she's right. Like this is just slowing things down. I read a chapter the other day, which was like three scenes. It was like over two thousand word section. I cut it down to like five hundred, got right to the point, and moved on. Yeah, moved on to yep. the next thing. I was like, this is just. I'm just wasting time here. I'm like, who cares about where he's going? Why he's driving a car? No one cares. Yeah. Delete that. Yeah. What he's eating yep. for lunch? No one cares. Get rid of that. Like, and yeah. it's like, wow, this is much leaner. And like that pacing is just, oh, this yeah. feels much better. But I've I also feel like my writing I, moves, but I so feel like words. I look left sometimes when I should look straight ahead. I'm like, oh, look, there's a fucking leave. And I just yeah. describe that. <laughs> and now, now it's a memory within a memory. Right. Yeah. And I like that kind of bit. Those are the parts of books where I like, where it gets kind of prosaic and I read them out loud. I understand that's not for everybody. And I think that's, yeah, I like and literary and I like genre. And I, I love the idea yeah. of a marriage between the two. But yeah, the, and there, because there is, there is such a fine line for, for So I find that for my own writing, I tend to err a little bit too much on the other side of it of trying to move too fast. And I've had comments of like, and you should slow this scene down. Mm -hmm. um, one of my, one of my editors, Dennis, he, he, he's always my first read and he, call stuff out like that is like this scene's great you need to sit here for a while hmm. and i'm like oh okay well then I, and i have to rethink it because to me i'm like this is okay we're we hit the point of the scene and we're moving on and then he's like no 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 no, stay yeah. uh and i think that's good and, and but on the other side of it like you said it, the longer stuff is has its place but it's not for everybody and now i i'm i keep mentioning him but he is one of my favorite writers with stephenson and his later stuff or even his mid stuff these books are, I mean, the, the Quicksilver series is 2,700 words over three books. 
he describes that he's tra- not only does he describe the leaf, he describes where the tree came from, who planted it, <laughs> oh, I love that it. guy's background. You know, all of a sudden you've read a chapter and you're like, well, shit, now I know the history of metallurgy. Okay, <laughs> what's next? You're like, oh, again, I mean, his book, The Cryptonomicon, will teach you more about how to uh, about code breaking yep. than any textbook. And you're just reading like there's just codes on pages and you're just reading. Oh, my God. And, but at the end of it, you're like, but there was a story here and it was great. And like, how <laughs> yeah. did this happen? It's like, I couldn't do that. I couldn't write like that. I couldn't write an 800 page book because I'm I mean, I'm in the moment going, All right, I, I know what's going to happen next. Let's get there. Let's get to it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I and sometimes my descriptions might be a little flowery, but then it's like, OK, but let's keep going. And yeah, I think I, King described it right. Like picture your reader walking through like a mud puddle or muck and you want to you want to get them out of it as quickly as possible like they're constantly getting lost so i absolutely love like love love pension but sometimes i'll get like when i'm like three memories down the rabbit hole i'm like where the hell am i in the story again like oh i'm on a plane right where are we going yeah. what yeah. character is this like yeah. this, you go so far down the hole you're lost in the forest, right? God, well, there was I, a line I, I, in a movie, and I can't remember where. What, was it the player or something? Where where he's right? He's reading about. It. It's like you've got three flashbacks, and I think this is a flash sideways. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. When you do flashbacks in a flashback with another character, it's like, oh my god, oh, I don't. Where, where am I? It's fun, yeah. but it's I can understand how frustrating that would be with somebody who is trying to find the narrative thread because it vanishes. Yeah. And I think that's something there's um, as a, a thing. Um, I think it was Steven Pinker wrote a book about this called the, or wrote a thing about it called the curse of knowledge and that the person describing something and this works on all aspects of life, but the person describing something vastly will generally vastly overestimate how much the person they're talking to understands about mm-hmm. whatever it is. And this, this, this is something that I was a huge game changer for me and my professional life of trying to figure out how to describe. So my, cause my, my bread and butter is taking very technical things and explaining them so that people's parents can understand them. And so if you, if you are going to buy a TV right now and you want to learn anything about that TV, you type in what that feature is or what that technology is. And my article is going to be the top one, hopefully, or at least the top, one of the top three, because I'm, that's what I'm. I really like doing, and I've gotten mm-hmm. pretty good at it. Of like, okay, how does OLED work? How does micro LED work? How do these things work in a way that I hope, you know, my parents could understand it, or 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 someone who's not technical can understand it. And I try to bring that into fiction writing as well. Of like, okay, you have these just from the get go because I'm obviously my genre is sci fi. That's that's all I'm going to really be writing. So from the get-go, um, you're, tr- you're trying to bring people into a world that doesn't exist, that they need to learn how it all works. And that's a heavy lift. That's a heavy lift in the best of times. So trying to do these flash sideways and flash forwards and a back and all these, like it, it, they absolutely are necessary, but it, it, you have to be delicate with the audience. Otherwise, like you said, you're going to lose them. And, and so there, that is another thing where having good editors or people you trust who can read your stuff before 
um, before it goes out is vital. And that's, that's another aspect, I think, between self-publishing. Look at me bringing it back. Self-publishing versus publish, nice. like <laughs> going through a publisher is having that support system of having that those people who you can draw on to say, this works, this doesn't, you know, maybe this is better, maybe this is worse. Um, because if you're just having your friends and family read it, that might be okay, but they're not professionals. And they might not want to tell you what's wrong with it, yeah. even if you're asking them to. Yeah. And so find honing, honing the group of people you can trust to say, dude, it's just not working. Um, that's key. And that, I mean, probably. you're paying those folks, right? Like that's not pro bono work. That That's something that. Or, I mean, if you need to. Yeah. I mean, it depends for my. my it feels like therapy. It's like you can go to your buddy at a bar and have a drink and he's going right. to give you 10% of like what a therapist is going to give you. Like you need to be buying into this relationship to get. Right. Unbiased feedback. Yeah. I, I think I think that is perfectly valid. And I think. Yes and no. I mean, I think you can also have people who are just, hey, I want to read your next book and I'll give you my feedback on it. I'm just mm -hmm. looking for something to read. Um, but also you have to respect people's time and you can't. I mean, I, I sent out the when I finished the draft of my, my my current book, you know, I sent it to a bunch of people and I didn't hear back for months. And I can't exactly be like, hey, you know that favor you were doing for me? Can <laughs> you do it now? We just please? talked about that. I've only yeah. sent mine out to two people. You sent it out to a bunch, right, Russ? And you had a huge attrition rate with those you sent it out to. I went through a couple of rounds. Yeah, I did like, you know, Tim and another close friend of mine, they both read the first, the second draft and were called out all the bullshit. And we're like, no, no, no. Uh, and here's some good stuff. Um, and then I did like two rounds of beta readers. And it was like, I sent it out the first round to like eight people. I think two people got back to me. Uh, second round, I think I got like three or four. I forget. The yeah, I don't feel like you need to pay beta readers. I'm just thinking when it comes to an actual editor, like, I don't oh, know if that's yeah, a definitely. favor that I would ask no. of anybody oh, no, no, no. or trust yeah. of anybody. No, that's no, no, what no. I mean. I think beta and like sending out to friends and family and those that you trust, knowing that there's going to be a huge attrition rate, totally cool. But yeah, that's that you know, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that first pass, you know, kind of yeah. get a sense. This is a yeah. book. I'm looking this forward, like I should be sending you out know, like draft editors, four in copy, October. You know, yeah. Copy editors. Layout. I mean, you have to pay all those people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's 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 non-negotiable. Even if you have a friend who's a copy editor somewhere, that's their job, man. Like they're yeah. making money on that. They're not going to yep. want to come home and do it for free for you. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe you have that kind of friendship. But I would never ask a friend to do their day job for me for free. That's that is, that's not cool. No, yeah, I agree. No. Yeah. And inevitably you're going to miss something, but that's the other beauty of the self-publishing thing is like, why well, you just upload a new draft? That's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, well, <laughs> yep. you yep. never have to finish. You're, you're right. That should have been <laughs> fork and not mm, that <laughs> other word. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. So uh, we're, getting, we're, we're, we're hitting like our hour point. It's probably what, 1 a.m. for you right now. So, uh, um, oh no, it's not even midnight yet. I got two oh, more it's not even midnight. Before, oh, that's right. Cause we started midnight. early. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I, whatever you want to do, like I'm, I'm, I'm wired at this point. So <laughs> I fit, I, I spent the day hanging out. I, I kid you not. I spent the day hanging out and petting kangaroos and I, and I hugged a koala. Awesome. I'm having the full Australian yeah. experience. Uh, I need you to write about that. Okay. Yeah. But it's gotta be on Mars. <laughs> gotta be a Zorbar. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. Day has said I hugged a koala, so you can ask me whatever you want. <laughs> I'm in a pretty good you have mood right today. now. <laughs> yeah. I haven't yeah. even hugged my kids yet. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, you kind of already touched on this stuff, but just talking about the stuff you're working on now or the, the current book. Yeah. I mean, so, well, we were talking about the length of time and that's how I think, you know, how, how, how this brings this up or how, how this would bring that up is that, so I had my, the undersea came out and then I almost immediately started writing a trophia. Um, but it didn't come out because of all the publishing stuff for a number of years. That was still eight years ago now. Um, so I started writing the third, I always knew it was going to be three books cause you know, that's how things are done. And I, I had the rough idea of what was going to happen in the third book and I'd started writing it and I got to a point where it just didn't work. I was actually probably a good 30,000 words into it. And I just got to a point and I was like, this, this I, I see where I'm going from here and I don't like it. it. It's forced. I just, it's yeah. So I shelved it and for a couple of years and then I was, uh, I apologize because a lot of a lot of times I don't know how it comes across when I talk about places that I've been, but this is just kind of what I do. So it's not boasting. This is just no. It doesn't feel like this is a story. This is where it happened. So I was in Santorini, Greece. Oh, (laughs) that must be nice. Oh, so fancy. I'm in New Jersey in Russell Somerville. Somerville. (laughs) And yeah, so I I so I said I'm I'm waiting for the ferry. And so Santorini has these beautiful, I mean, a lot of Greece does with these beautiful white buildings with this like lapis lazuli highlights. And um, it's just a gorgeous thing. And I, and I don't know exactly what's, what kind of started it, but like the pieces of a story started in my head. And then I was like, oh, and then the next piece happened, the next piece happened. And the last time that really happened that well was with Undersea, where I was actually watching the movie Abyss and there was a scene, there's no direct scene to scene thing in that but like the scene happened i was like well this would be cooler if this happened i was like well what would set that up and then it just all the pieces started happening so that started what what happened with with this book and this was 2016 uh and so it was like i took out my laptop and i just sitting sitting on the floor of the ferry terminal just like typing the beginning of it and i wrote probably a half you know a good half of the first chapter just waiting there and then kept going with it um it turned into kind of a short story kind of, but like I've never really been comfortable with short stories. Cause to me, it's like, if I'm going to invest the time in creating a world, I want to like keep going. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. my take on it. Um, and so the next piece started going next piece. And I, I, I could see the arc of it and I kept pieces. I would touch with pieces of it. And that's why the, where the travel stuff comes in, where each section started to like form itself around a place that I had been or people that I had met. And so it turned into, it's not a travel log, but it is to me because it's like, well, this is a where, what I was feeling when I was in this place. And this is what I was feeling when I was in this place. And so the character is going through and he's not feeling the same things, but he's, he's doing his own thing in these places with the, some of that environment and that and so forth. Um, and then it wasn't until 2019 where I cracked this one aspect of it where I was like, Oh, this is, this is how this all fits and works together with all of this. Um, And so then on your mind that whole time, Jeff, like were you like just spinning and on it, that's that's what three years. Yeah. And it was, it wasn't until 
early pandemic, I actually finally typed out the rest of it. Wow. Um, so that's a you know a good four years. That's kind of how my brain works. Is I keep this stuff kind of all in these pieces of of compartments in my head, and I'll, I'll something will spawn off something, oh, and I'll make a note of that, and or and then something else would oh, and so I have I have lots of lots of emails to myself, a lot of note taking apps uh, mm-hmm. where I'm just constantly like I come up with a lot of ideas standing in the shower. It'll be in the morning. I'll just be like, this, just standing there. Like, oh, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, and I'll write that down. And so, you know, it, it was a slow process, but also like in that time, I'm traveling a lot, so I'm not writing a lot. And then when I do have time to write, it's for work. So, because like I started the the heavy traveling stuff in 2014, and so a lot of that time span was just like I didn't put any words on a page for six months, you know, or something um, for this, obviously I was writing other things. So yeah. And it was in an early pandemic. I was like, well, I'm stuck in the house for a year. So I might as well finish this thing. And uh, so, yeah, which I did, I more or less and handed it out and went, it's, I've gone through two more drafts since then. And then the beta readers, thankfully all liked it and right. gave me some really good pointers of like, Hey, you should tweak this and oh, this would work better here. And um, my biggest fear for the whole thing was like with undersea and, and a tro- undersea atropia, it, it's pretty straightforward. Um, like to me, I was writing a book that John McTiernan would have directed in the eighties, <laughs> you know, like that was my mindset of like, this is just a fun action adventure with a brain kind of thing. Um, and whereas with, with the new one, it's it has more feelings in it <laughs> and, and emotions and stuff. And so I was very nervous, way more nervous than if this had been the third Undersea book of like, does this work at all? And mm-hmm. when my, my editor, Dennis, kind of came back and he's like, you, you know, he, he was really made me feel good on it. It was because he was like, look, you're, you've grown so much as a writer that you can pull off this stuff. Um, and the character character growth, um, you know, and it's like okay, so it, it works, you know. And I'm, it was with anything. I'm sure it could be even better, but you know, it, at least it's 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 getting there. And it sounds yeah. like it needed that time in the cooker, right? Like, had you yeah. pushed through in 2016, it wouldn't have been what it is now. It wouldn't have worked, and and that and that's actually what ties back to the third undersea book, where I mm. figured out how to make that work based on how what was happening in the in in the new book there's no there's no there's nothing to do with each other but it was but i was learning how to do certain things and write certain groups and types of people in the new book whereas like oh that's how i can make the third undersea book work and i say that like i knew how it was going to end but it was getting there that it was kind of like i was having second act problems <laughs> as they mm. say that's a there's a there's a joke in, in Hollywood screenwriting. I go, oh, there's a problem in the second act, which just means you, your script doesn't work. But that's the joke. <laughs> oh, no, it's just yeah. the second act. Yeah, it's just a second act problem. Um, so that's that was like I, I, I was having problems trying to get from, from A to C. And, and I realized, oh, I just need to – I actually need to fix A and, and change things around. And then that opened it up. I was like, oh, I know how to do this. And so once this new book is finished, I could easily go back – not easily, but like – I could start writing the third undersea book and go, yeah, this is, this will be satisfying to me, satisfying to the dozens, hopefully, ideally hundreds of people who, <laughs> again, it's the audience thing. Like 
you have the whole world who will read the first book, and now you have just the people who read the first book to read the second book, and just the people who read the second book to read the third book. It's going to be like three people and my mom, which is fine. <laughs> like, they'll enjoy it, I hope. And if they get a lot out of it, that's a win for me. I'm fine with that. For this third book now, uh, do you have a timeline of when you expect to to publish? Or yeah, query? I have one, one more um, beta reader who... He's actually a, um, a, a really good friend of mine, and he's he's written comic books. And we talk a lot about um, story structure and what works. And we both have a penchant for watching, you know, shitty TV and shitty movies to figure out what doesn't work about them. Like I'll hate watch a TV show just to be like, why do I hate this? And what is it? What is it specifically I hate? to know not to do that because mm-hmm. I don't waste yeah. time on bad books. I, 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 I'm actually ironically a fairly slow reader. Um, I read words and pages quickly, but I don't read a lot of pages in any one sitting. So it takes me a while to get through a book. I'm not going to waste time on something I'm not interested in. And so I'm only reading good books. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. That's just the way it is. So with, t- uh, I get a lot of the, to see the other side of it, I, I watch a lot of stuff that, like, I should like this show, but I hate it. Why? And and that is very valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more so than any book on style or substance I've ever read, because it's you're saying, okay, well, I know not to do that now. I know not to that. That's a cheat. That's like you got there to get to there just so you could have these two characters meet. And it's like, okay, yep. they could have met anyway. You just didn't think about the first part. Yeah. Um, we have a joke where it's like, this has strong first draft energy, you know, for public. And, because, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, where it's like that line of dialogue, like you, that you wrote that down for the first time. And, <laughs> and I don't in. like, yeah. And it's like, you thought that was the greatest thing. And it's like, but it's not, it's trite because you didn't bother. Like there's, um, uh, and there's a, unfortunately the Star Wars fan base is incredibly toxic now, but, and probably has been for a very long time, but the red letter media guys, their take on Phantom Menace back in the day oh, is yeah. just a masterclass in, <laughs> in how not to, to write a, a movie or mm-hmm. really any piece of fiction. Uh, so, uh, just, and like they've, they've kind of, I don't know, I feel like they've gone off the rails, but that, that one video is really fantastically well done. And I, so I try to look at a lot of stuff that I hate and say, why you know, what could I have done if I wrote this? What Mm -hmm. would I have done to make this less shitty or ideally good? And like, that's all just a a learning process. I think. No, I was watching the new um, Westworld and I felt similarly. Mm. And I was kind of torn. I was like, well, this is really ham-fisted and Mm. forced, Mm -hmm. but are they just really good at aiming at the center like, are they just really mm. good at the widest possible audience and the easiest story to follow? Because they're dealing mm. with complicated themes. They are. So have they just dumbed down everything else to get people there? Mm. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because it, it frustrates me, like with how much potential that series has had and kind of floundered. And I'm like, yeah. but is it intentional? Is there craft here? The craft of... It's an excellent question. And I've thought that for Westworld as well, where I'm like, is are they just really smarter than me? Or are they think they're smarter than me and they didn't pull it off. Yeah. And, you know, and like at this point, this, the season's been out for like four years, but like that second season where it was all just jumping timeline oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I rewatched it and it's better on the rewatch, but I'm like, you tried something here, A for effort, 
Mm. I don't think you pulled it off. I think mm-hmm. you committed to this idea for some reason. Either you didn't have faith in the storyline or you thought this was going to be a good gimmick. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's an expectation it, of gimmick. Yes. They feel yeah. like they need to deliver on each yeah. season. Whether the it's like time jumps or, you know. If you're writing it from the, if you're writing it from the gimmick backwards, that's I think it that's a like. problem. You I know, agree. David Mamet has this book, speaking of going off the, ri- I don't know what your guys' politics are, but I'm going to talk about my own because fuck it. But like, <laughs> so David Mamet, <laughs> David Mamet jumped the shark a long time ago, and uh, but he he does he is a master of his craft, uh, apparently a huge asshole, but also a master of his craft. And he wrote this book called Three Uses for the Knife, which is I mean it's about playwriting, but it's, yeah. it is obviously it's a good you know study as well. And he talks about in there his his hatred was for the position what did he call it the, the position play, where it's like I, the the play is written to talk about some. Like, this is my politics. This is my position on this issue. And they, he writes, you know, the, 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 you have that position as the point and you write the play back from that. That's, and that's fundamentally flawed. Uh-oh. Um, that now later, like David, <laughs> but like, but if you have the, if you have the story, it's fine. But like, you know, with, with, with well, and Mamet went on to write plenty of those plays and other stuff that's very much the position, and then writing backwards from there. So, like, it, but if you if your issue is the gimmick, if that's what you need to pull off, either you don't have the faith in the rest of it. Like, uh, that's yeah. that's troublesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's troublesome. The position part. I mean, with sci-fi or with books in general, it's a whole different thing. So, like, yeah, if you want to write it from the point backwards, sure. But like the if like here I have this funny twist. You know, that's the old joke about M. Night Shyamalan as well. He writes from the twist backwards, which yeah. arguably all mysteries are written like that. But um, it, it's a fine it's a fine line. You know? Yeah, I'll say, like I'm not big on twists in my writing, but I, I also I'm really curious about the next round of, of beta readers because my themes are like a sledgehammer and I need to like they're too it's like too liberal and like too my politics. And I think I need to step back so it'll be interesting to see what the next group say maybe it's not as ham-fisted as you think once again it's the curse of knowledge you're seeing this of like look at this sledgehammer that i wrote down and the the audience might be like oh boy i didn't even notice that it's pretty much the stuff you know like i wrote the stuff again i don't know if you've seen the stuff Mm -mm. great like anti-consumerist like not even great i'll say like a b-minus movie in the 80s but i loved the damn thing so much it's like the blob um (laughs) but anyway Yeah, it, it, it is the curse of knowledge thing where you are thinking it's one level and it's, you know, I, I wrote some I wrote some stuff in the latest book where I'm like, this is super obvious. Mm. And every one of my beta readers was like, oh, no, you should make you should need to dial that up. Really? That up mm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I and for me, it was this at this aspect of the book. It's very much. It's not a mystery, but it's like by the time you get to the end, I want you to be able to look back and go, oh, that has been going along the whole time. So it's almost like a mystery where you mm-hmm. get to the like, oh, it was Mrs. Marple and the whatever. And <laughs> I see that, oh, you planted that seed back here and planting those seeds throughout. Man, that's a skill because like you feel, boy, this is super obvious. And yeah. then 
the reader just missed that completely. One of my beta readers was like, oh, I, 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 I wish you had talked about this. I'm like, dude, I, I, that's like that's like a whole page <laughs> just talking yeah. about that. You just completely missed it. Like, that worries me. <laughs> like, yeah. Do I need bigger print? Like, what do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on the end of, of mine's more of like a, a thriller with like a little bit of sci-fi towards the end. But um, yeah, that's uh, there's some moments where I feel like because it is a thriller, I have to introduce a lot of different characters who have different opposing and you're not sure their motivations so mm. i'm at some point i'm like is am i making this is this complex just for the sake of being complex or am i writing mm. correctly within within the genre of it being a thriller and having like these red herrings and yeah, trying to make sure it doesn't feel forced like oh i brought this yeah. character in making sure that they they live in the world and they're not just there just be like hey i might be the <laughs> you know and then and yeah. disappears for like you know five chapters and comes back like, hey i'm still here you and know it's like 1940s crime fiction right yeah. Where, like yeah. they're all these other <laughs> bad characters that yeah. look by is like maybe he did it we don't know we'll never right. see him again yeah and I mean, it's like a, you yeah. want to set those things up and you want to set them up and make sure it's it's genuine to like the you know the rest of the pages and the other character because i don't know I, i'm very cautious that i'm trying to pay attention to it but one of my one of my old roommates um he i can't remember the show now but he completely ruined the show that i was enjoying because he said it's always the second person I think it was one of the Law and Order shows or something. He said, it, every single, I mean, obviously, if it's the guest star, the guest star did it. But, like, if it's not a guest star show or episode, whoever the second person was that they interview, it's always that person. that person. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Yep. He it solved is. it. He cracked the series. Every single episode after that, man, I couldn't watch it anymore. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah but at least those it, patterns. It, yeah, and like that's that formulaics. I mean, obviously those shows work, you know, CSI yeah. and all these these things are on for decades and yeah. um, you know, so there is there is a, a skill to that and I and that and but there's also there's a that is the challenge of of how much with any genre, how much do you tell your audience and in what amounts so that they don't know that it's coming but they don't not know that it's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, a friend of mine yeah. uh, was in a is, uh, was in a band for a while, and they they had they, they had some pretty good success. And and he said um, the hardest thing you can do in any creative outlet is write a pop song. <laughs> and I and I, my, I pushed back on this at first because I'm like, dude, you're like in a pop band. Like, of course you'd say that. <laughs> and he's and he's like, no, no, no. Think about it. Everyone knows what they want to hear in a pop song, but you have to do it differently. And I'm like. Shit, man, that's totally right. <laughs> with and it and there and there is uh, overlap with books as well, or yeah. any of these. Is like the person picking up any of our books is going to start reading it and have an assumption that by the end of it, X is going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. you either need to give them X in a way that is satisfying, or don't give them X in a way that is satisfying. But in either way, they need to be able to say, "Yeah, I walked from there to here." Yeah. And I understand it. And whether and they're that, noticing them or not, which I don't think they will, they need to go through most of those beats to get there, right? Like yeah. it's the same with mm -hmm. movies. Yep. And the, yep. I think they wash over people. And once you see them, you can't unsee them. But there's that much like a pop song, an expectation that they're going to be taken right. there. Right, right. Which is, you know, they kind of crippling it. in a way. It's like, oh, I'm going to write, but I have to write with these kind of tent poles because if I don't, yeah nobody's going to fucking like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there is, you know, there's something to be said about the, the pop authors who often get kind of 
people thumb their nose at it because it's kind of basic and they're just using, I, I got a great example, a movie that no one remembers, Avatar. No one remembers Avatar. But no. It was the, one, the no. biggest movie of, of it was the biggest movie of the era, one of the biggest movies of all time. And if you go back, it's like people make fun of it because it's like, oh, it's Pocahontas. Yeah. You know, it's the wolves it's in like, space. Oh, yeah. Name name. Yeah, it's dances with wolves in space. You know, name one of the characters. You know, no one. But what uh, can you do with that? Billy, Billy, yeah, the Billy's in there. There's a Billy in one there. One of right? the other blue guy. We also my yeah. roommates and I joke about the fact that like the male lead in that whose name escapes me is the same face as like two other white guys from Hollywood at the same age. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, Jai Courtney and one of the yeah. other, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. So that, that's, that's, that's not the point, but, but in that movie, like, so Cameron is a master at using and creating these archetypal characters where you know exactly who that guy is. So you don't need an introduction, you know? Uh, and, and it works in all of his movies because he's, He's a master at this stuff because and he's a master and he's so successful because he's taking it's like here are the art this this is a you know who this guy is you know who this guy is they're gonna do this but then you're still satisfied because yeah that well that guy would do that and that guy would do that and mm -hmm. so there's a there's a place for that but i think also there's room on the margins for not that you still have to have that satisfying and it, it is all it is all such a fascinating mix and a fine line to like where where do you draw that line jeff thanks a lot for joining us this was awesome it was this great chat super fun this is great glad we could pull this up likewise so uh, anytime you want to come back and chat about anything else or talk about movies you know <laughs> yeah <take travel laughs> for sure Good luck yeah. in the new book. It sounds like it's coming along great. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I have a couple car cover artists I'm going to reach out to. And I, like I said, I have one more friend who I want to have read it and give me his feedback. And then um, as long as it's not his feedback isn't, it's shit, kill yourself, um, <laughs> then, then which it wouldn't be. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it would be out by the end of this year, but maybe early next year, hopefully. That's that's my my timeline, I think. So awesome. here's right, Good luck. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for it. So. That's our episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and think someone you know would too, let them know. If you have a topic idea or feedback, find us on Twitter at writer underscore syndrome or head over to writersyndrome.com for all our episodes and contact info. Join us next episode. We'll discuss the editing process. Until next time, keep writing.